What is up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Young and Perspective podcast. I hope your day is absolutely fabulous, whether you are walking on the treadmill, walking in the park, lifting weights, or driving to work. I hope you make it to your destination safely, and I want to thank you for joining me on this week's episode because today we are talking all about the evolution of my training. What does it look like for training, nutrition? What have I learned? What did I do right? What have I improved upon in these last four to five years of training? I'm going to be breaking it all down for you guys. That way you guys can hear about my evolution of training. Let's get into it. So it would only make sense to start this story at the very beginning, at December 16th of 2016, when I started my lifting journey. It was a Sunday. I'm not sure if it was the 17th or the 16th, but I do remember that it was a Sunday. And I remember telling myself, I looked in the bathroom mirror and I told myself, this is it. I'm going to start today. I'm going to take my nutrition seriously. And I remember after that day, I did my best. I made sure I was eating my vegetables. I was eating like what I thought was healthy fat sources at the time. I was trying to eat enough protein. And I remember it was like at the beginning of the day where I was like, okay, this is, it was breakfast time. And I was like, okay, this breakfast is going to be different. I'm going to start right now today. And I think that's the mentality you got to have. That was a very, very good mentality for me personally is I wasn't like, oh, I'm going to start tomorrow. Like I decided and then took action. That's the problem when people set these big goals or set goals that they want to achieve that aren't going to take one day or two days or one month or one year even. It's year-long goals. You're playing the long game. And yet people are like, oh, I'll start tomorrow. I'll start Monday. I'll start next week. I'll start summer. I'll start on January 1st. No, you need to start now. So that's the first thing that I did really, really well was I started now. I made the decision to do it now and I took action. So I beg you, I urge you to do that too, whether it's a big goal or just something that you know you should do. The second you have that thought, commit to it do it now. It's called the five second rule. Maybe I could make a video or a podcast episode talking about that entirely because it's such a powerful thing that once you learn and harness it, it can really change the way that you get things done. So if you're curious to learn about that now, go ahead and Google it. I hope that helps you. But getting back to the training, not to get off topic too much, the training was like that high school sport training. And anybody who's ever played high school sports or high school athletics where you need to get in the weight room and coach gives you a workout, you will know exactly what I mean. It's a lot of 60-second planks and a lot of crunches and a lot of bench press and a lot of hang cleans and like it's a lot of like compound movements and you're not training till failure and everybody kind of goes half-ass and nobody really gives a lot of effort. Or on the flip side, you there in the corner with your buddies see who can max bench press the most and you over there airplaning the hell out of every single rep but is a mile off the bench form is trash you're benching like with your elbows all the way out you're not packing the shoulders but that's what we did you know and it was a really fun part of my lifting career because that was the part where I didn't jump straight into it I didn't have an older dad who was like you got to do everything right you have to do this perfectly you got to make sure your form's perfect from day one I had a chance to have fun I think that if I had had too much of a technical approach to it right away and I had been overwhelmed with the macros and the numbers and the form, I would have been kind of pushed away from it. It's too hard to tell. It's a hypothetical, but I think that's the problem that some people run into nowadays is like they get bombarded with social media and obviously social media was around five years ago, but it was not nearly as prominent as it is today. And I didn't even start watching videos at the beginning of my journey. I like didn't even know YouTube fitness was a thing. It Working out got me into fitness. Fitness videos didn't get me into fitness. So for those people now who are getting introduced to the subject or getting introduced to the idea from social media, from YouTube, from Instagram, it can be a lot when you're getting bombarded with this advanced level information and it's kind of hard to understand like what you need to learn and what you don't need to learn yet. Like what matters now 
And it actually relates back to a video I made called the hierarchy of fitness, where it actually is levels that you need to worry about. So like number one is desire. Number two is knowledge and things like that, where you build up this pyramid and supplementation is all the way at the top. So it's like the priority of things that you should be worrying about on your fitness journey, because some people are worried about the top of the pyramid and don't even have the base. So that was another thing well that I did. And it's not that I even chose to do that. It just kind of fell into my lap like that. And I didn't have all these external influences. I just walked into the gym and had fun. But now we transition to the end of my beginning phase. So I did this for three to six months. School year ended. And what did I do? I quit the football program because football program wanted to pull me in one direction. I wanted to go in the other direction. And I felt like at that time I had built up enough love, the iron bug, I had caught that virus. And I had built up enough love for the activity of weightlifting that I was like, you know what, screw it. I'm going to go full time with this. I'm going to devote everything I have to getting as good as I possibly can at it. And I quit the football program, but no longer had a gym to go to because in order to use the gym during the summer, you had to be in football. And so now I had no gym. What was I going to do? And I didn't have money to pay for a gym membership. And I wasn't even old enough for a gym membership because I was only 15 at the time. And you needed to be 16 to work out at a gym without a parent being there. And there's no way I'm bringing my mom to bench press with me. So I had to do calisthenics. And this is phase two, which was calisthenic training. So I'd go to the park every day with one of my boys and we would meet up at the local parks. We would switch it up, change up the scenery a little bit. And we would focus on our pull-ups, our dips, our push-ups. And we did that for a couple weeks. And then we started focusing on like the strength moves you see all these calisthenics athletes doing. Like front levers, back levers, planches, all these crazy stuff. Like super heavyweighted pull-ups, super, super heavyweighted dips. We would put like weights in a backpack and weigh ourselves down. And these are the kind of things that I did. And I remember that I trained so hard these three months. And... One of the things I specifically did well is I was not afraid to go high reps. Like a lot of people are like, oh, 10 to 12, 8 to 12, hypertrophy rep range. You know, if you go to 13, you're going to lose all your gains because you're basically doing cardio at that point. I was not afraid to go up to 20 reps, 30 reps. And that's something that I'm really happy that I did. Another thing I'm really happy that I did was doing calisthenics in the first place. Do you know how useful the skill of calisthenics and understanding how your body moves in space and being able to build a workout with a little bit of equipment, no equipment. That's such a useful skill that I've fallen back on so many times, whether it's vacation, COVID-19, lockdown, anything where I just don't have access to a gym and I can still get a great workout in. It is a lifelong skill that I have not forgotten. I still use it all the freaking time. And I suggest that everybody does calisthenics at least somewhat in their routine and preferably take some time and do a full blown calisthenics kind of block in your training. It's so freaking useful doing lots of pull-ups, push-ups, dips. It's just awesome. No wonder the army focuses on this. No wonder all these like high-grade soldiers or high-grade athletes everybody's doing calisthenics because it's so important to be able to move your body in space it's so much different when you're on a bar moving your body versus locked your body into a position and moving a bar it is entirely different and it's very important to understand the differences and how your body moves this was also the time where i locked in my nutrition so i was eating the same exact thing every single day i was eating my protein before bed my pre-workout meals were on point this was the time where i was like okay i'm gonna put in all this work and this is when i started getting on the internet i started getting on youtube researching doing all this stuff trying to figure out the best way to structure my day around the meals that i was gonna eat i think i was eating four or five meals at the time I don't, I don't think it was five. I think it was about four. And I was making sure I was getting my protein before bed. Things like that. Those little things add up over time. And I was eating my 
oats with protein in them in the morning just because I saw that's what all the people on the internet were doing. And I fell victim to that. You know, I know it's a, it was a really easy thing when you see somebody who you want to look like, you admire, you look up to doing a cool thing and you want to do that cool thing. It's hard to not be like, oh, there's a better way to do it because they just seem so credible because they're doing exactly what you want to do. And there's nothing wrong with that, but it is very important to get outside opinions. So up to this point, through my football training and through my calisthenics training, I don't think I made that many mistakes, honestly. Nothing like super egregious, right? I wasn't like skipping massive compound movements except for legs, I'll be low-key honest. I was not training legs for football training. I mean, we would squat, but I would not go hard. And obviously training legs calisthenics is probably torture. It's probably worse than torture, to be honest. Like if I ever had prisoners, I would definitely make them do pistol squats just because they're that terrible in my opinion or just have them do lunges because I hate lunges that much. But hey, I had plenty of time to train my legs down the road. But other than that, right? And which that's a pretty egregious mistake, I should say. But I wasn't I wasn't doing like just bicep curls. I was training my back. I was still doing a decent amount of legs. I just wasn't training them nearly with the intensity that it was my chest, my back, all that stuff. My upper body, I was training much more intensely, but I was still training my legs. For a person who had just been working at this point for like three to six months, I was very, very solid in my core fundamentals. I wasn't making a lot of stupid mistakes that were going to be hindering my progress because you hear a lot of people they're like oh I wasn't eating any protein I was eating twice a day I was you know doing like two sets of workout I was just training biceps like those are egregious mistakes that are going to really hinder your progress so now we move in to phase three which was the, my powerlifting phase. This is where I was just all about numbers. So this was when I came back to school and people were like, oh wow, okay, Kev, you put on some muscle. Like this was the first time ever and it had been about a year at this point into my lifting career, maybe like nine months, nine months to a year because I started in December and I came back in September. So it was about nine months. People are like, okay, they actually for the first time ever noticed that I had put in some effort in the gym, okay? This is when I started to get my reputation as the dude who is obsessed with lifting, which I quickly embraced and I lived that through the rest of high school. And as high school went on, I just became more and more and more known for it just because I fell in love with it so much that I just beating on my craft and people started to take notice and that's what's going to happen when you get good at something your family members are going to notice your friends are going to notice people who don't like you are going to notice people who do like you are going to notice people who look up to you are going to notice people who didn't look up to you but now look up to you are going to notice so this is just something important to remember that when you start to get good at something you're going to attract all sorts of people so look out for that that's how you know you're doing the right thing and so it was this time when we came back to school, I felt like I had nine months under my belt. I felt like really solid. I felt like I knew what I was doing, right? That Dunning-Kruger effect, so beautiful. I thought I knew it all and I was just like ready to chase these crazy numbers. And it was at this point where some of my closer friends, my inner circle started to get into lifting as well because they saw the results that I was having with it. And obviously we're sophomore boys that we want to compete. And so it was like all out max competition all the time. But we had better form. We had a little bit more muscle. We had a little bit more brains. We had grown up a little bit, matured a little bit, started entering puberty, progressing through puberty a little bit. So we had a little bit more capacity to make bigger gains on our bench press, our deadlift and all that kind of stuff. So now just started the grind. I was like force feeding food. It was all about calories. It was all about just lifting as much as I possibly could. There was no bodybuilding. There was no hypertrophy. There was just strength sets of five, sets of six, sets of three, sets of two, sets of one. All that mattered was our one rep max. You were king status if you could deadlift 315, if you could squat like 315 and you could bench 225. You were literally king heir to the throne if you could bench 225 and that's just how things went and I had so much fun this was probably 
the most fun I had training. It was probably more fun than the training I have now just because you would sit in school all day. You'd be so excited to lift. You would take your pre-workout. And I remember when I bought C4 for the first time and everybody thought it was like Coke. Like everybody thought I was a drug dealer when I was passing out scoops pre-workout because we're sophomores in high school and the coaches said it was banned, but I wasn't in the football program. So I'm over there passing scoops to C4 and we're, we're dry scooping it, which I've been dry scooping pre-workout for like four years. And so to see this trend hit, I'm like, bro, I was doing that when I was 15. That's so stale. Um, you just like, you really think you're that cool for dry scooping pre-workouts. Like people have been doing that for so long. Anyways, but my point is, is you would wait all day. You'd be eagerly sitting there for your last class to get out at 315. Cause you're like, oh, I'm going to go to the weight room. I'm going to live with my boys. And then you take the late bus home. And it was like, it was just a good time. And then it came to the fact where like, I was like, all right, I'm ready to leave the weight room. I'm ready to get a gym membership. And I don't know why I made this decision. If I'm being hundred percent honest, I had a, a weight room to use at school. And I really can't remember the reason why I decided to take the plunge and buy a gym membership and leave that gym because I had so much fun there. Just something clicked to me. It was just one day I, I decided I wanted to be a little bit more independent. I wanted to take it to the next level because I feel like there was this time where I was continually putting in more effort, more intensity, dialing it in more and more and more. And yet the, those around me were not. And I was like, well, in order to ascend, in order to keep rising up, I need to go to a gym, an actual gym, where there's going to be more people around me who are doing the same thing that I'm doing, but better at it. So that way I can continue to rise up. And that's exactly what I did. I got some of my closest friends and the ones that were more dedicated out of the rest. And we went to a local gym which was like two miles down the road from me. And now I could work out on weekends. Now I could work out on holidays. Now I could work out in the morning at like 5 a.m. before school. And like, this is when the grinding started happening. I learned how to be disciplined with my weightlifting because there was definitely times where, you know, vacation would hit and I wouldn't go to the gym, no access to it. And there'd be times where, you know, oh, I'm sick. Oh, can't go, you know, can't go to school. Or, oh, it's a weekend. I can't train on the weekends anymore because, you know, school. This is when, this is the period of time where I learned how to be disciplined with my training. And then we moved into phase four, which is like the power building, where I told myself I was about building muscle, right? I was just like, yeah, I'm about building muscle. I want to build muscle. And I like hadn't started calling myself a bodybuilder yet, but I was still too attached to those powerlifting numbers. And that's like the number one mistake that I made. The biggest mistake I've ever made in my entire lifting career was going too heavy with having the intention of building muscle. I was training with the intent to build strength, but telling myself in my brain that I was trying to build muscle. And that took me about a year to figure out, a year to a year and a half to figure out. I would go in the gym, I would swipe my, I would swipe my gym card, and I thought that that was enough, you know what I mean? I would go in there, I would lift decently hard, hard enough to keep everything that I had, certainly, and build a little bit of muscle. I made a little bit of progress, but not nearly enough. And when COVID hit, I don't wanna to jump too far in the story, but when COVID hit, that's when I like had this realization of holy smokes, like, okay, I'm taking this for granted. I need to get uncomfortable again. So we'll get that to later because that is the beginning of phase five, which is what I am in now or part five, whatever you want to call it, because it's not going to be the last phase of my life. I'm definitely going to go through many, many more phases in my lifting journey as it progresses, because I'm assuming I want to bulk back up and go into the super bulk at 196 again and hopefully break that 200 pounds at 5.9 would be kind of cool. That's kind of like a, a dream weight right there, but I don't want to get too fat for no reason. But anyway, going back to the phase four thing. So I was at this gym, right? And 
suddenly I started to notice that like people were not as dialed in as I expected it to be. It was a Princeton club, which you're not really going to probably know that because it's like a local chain gym around my city of Madison. But it was more of like a recreational gym where we didn't have like basketball courts or anything. The big, it had like express locations, which were like small, like a Planet Fitness that you'd find in like a mall. It was like just the cardio and the weightlifting machines and the free weights. But like the big locations had swimming pools and basketball courts and all that kind of stuff. And so people just weren't as dialed in because it was like a lot of older moms, a lot of older men. You know what I mean? It wasn't like the young kids. You didn't really find many bodybuilders in this gym. You didn't really find any hardcore dudes just because it wasn't that kind of gym. That was not the market for this gym. So I figured this out kind of slowly and I was like, man, I, I just, I reached that point again. Only it was with this gym where I was just like, you know, I feel like these people around me just aren't dialed in. They don't want it. They're not really about it. I need to do something about this. I need to continue to level up again. And so that's when I decided to take the plunge and go to a different gym, the one that I'm at now, which is Madtown Fitness. And how I got into going to Madtown Fitness is when I signed up at the gym, the guy's name was Nate, signed me up. My dad was there. I remember I worked out the same day I got my gym membership. It was a great workout, by the way. And when he left, he sent me a text and he was like, you know, I want to show you Madtown Fitness because I think he saw something in me that I didn't quite fully realize myself. He knew I had potential as a kid and he knew my friend had potential too. But I remember him and I would talk almost every day. I would go into the gym and he shoots me a text one day and he's like, come out and check out Madtown Fitness. And I was like, all right, cool. I'll head over. So I remember checking out this gym and I walk in. And first of all, the music's blasting, right? It's like that hardcore music. And it was like, the, the playlist has since got way worse. It's like, but the playlist when I first started going there was like really good. And now it's like trash. But I remember walking in, a great song was playing. I was getting like so hyped just walking into the door. And I remember seeing all the murals painted on the wall. I think they got like C.T. Fletcher on the wall. They got Flex Lewis on the wall. They got John Meadows on the wall. They got The Rock on the wall. They got quotes painted from Ronnie Coleman. They got like the Med Midwest Mecca painted on the wall. I remember seeing all this and then I walk into the weight, weight section and like the theme is black and red and like dark colors and it's kind of gloomy and then like the lights aren't all bright and the machines and the equipment's like worn and it's like a garage style gym like a Metroflex or something like that. It's like a garage style gym. They got the chains hanging off the chalk bowls and they got the heavy duty power lifting equipment, Elite FTS, Rogue, everything is like rogers equipment like everything is super high quality i remember walking in i'm like this is a place i belong i just knew it like it just clicked i resonated with this kind of a place especially with the atmosphere there because of the atmosphere people were driven to be better and this drove me to be better which i entered in in phase five because i had worked out before but i only worked out at my gym like a month and then everything shut down and i was like i liked it so much working at that gym and then i got it taken away after a month for two months and I had to go back to calisthenics training, which again, super useful that I learned that skill because I was able to fall back on that, make some good progress and do my super famous cut that I talk about all the time on my channel. And basically when I started my YouTube channel after losing 30 pounds and now I hear, now I'm here because of all of that happening. So super grateful for that. But basically going into this gym, I just knew that I, I belonged here. And when I ended up getting back into the gym, I dialed in and went harder than ever. And so there's some people, like not everybody there is a bodybuilder, obviously. There's still a good percentage of the population that goes there that are just like regular people, you know what I mean? They're not like bodybuilders. They don't weigh all their food. They don't do hours of cardio, you know what I mean? But like 
the people there who go there though are just so much more motivated and that's a decision you make it's not something you're genetically born with it's not something that like oh you have it because i can't have it like no those people that walk in there they're just regular people they just choose to spend take that hour that they spend there hell of a lot more seriously than the other people who go to like a recreational gym or like an LA fitness or like an Equinox, you know, those people just don't take it as seriously and that's fine, but it's cool when you're working around in an atmosphere where people really, really care. People really, really want to get better. It makes you get so much better. So now I basically with my home after the gyms open back up, I'm like, all right, I'm going to go 100% all out on bodybuilding. I started training so mental. I was doing like drop sets and mechanical drop sets and like intensifiers and partial reps and i was just like absolutely murdering myself i would go into this gym and just do an egregious amount of volume and not like a lot of sets but like the sets would just last forever i would go and go and go and go and go and the first like three weeks i was miserably sore definitely not that fun but once you make it through that it's it's all good and i had so much fun and that brings me to where I am today, where I'm just so locked in and I've made so much progress, not necessarily physically, although I have made a lot of progress physically. And I'm so excited for these next week, upcoming weeks when the calories are going to start getting cut, the body fat's going to start coming off, and I'm going to be able to really show what I have been doing and show why all the things that I say actually work. You know what I mean? Like, this is my opportunity to show that what I talk about is not just like fun and games, like, it actually is real world applicable. And you guys are going to see that firsthand. So it's just, it's super exciting. But that brings me to where I am today. I'm, I'm more locked in than ever. I'm more knowledgeable than ever. I'm more humble than ever. You know what I mean? Like I'm confident in myself, but I have never been this like white belt mentality before. I'm so locked into what I'm doing and so locked into getting better and understanding that I am not amazing. I am not the best. I can be so much more. And once you understand that, it just goes so long in allowing yourself to get better because if you're stuck in this mentality where you think you know everything you think you're way better than you are you talk down to people or you're kind of like arrogant towards people who try to give you advice you think like you act like you know everything that's going to hinder only you and it's, it's not only that it's going to push other people away from you who are trying to help you and you're just so blinded by your own self-ego that you can't see it so that's a very very important thing that mistake that i made for like a year again when I was thinking I knew everything and I was just skating my gym card, training kind of hard, thinking that that was enough, it wasn't enough. But I hope you got something out of this. Really, I, ho I hope you did take something away from this episode. Let me know. Shoot me a DM. Let me know about your evolution of your training. I'd be happy to hear. As always, hit me up with any questions. I have time for all of them. I'll send you video responses to all the questions you ask. I love answering questions because it's, it's an honor to me that you would be able to trust me with your questions. But anyway... Thank you for making this part of your weekly routine. I will talk to you all very soon. Make sure you share this with a friend you think can find this beneficial or at least entertaining. Until next time, guys, I'll talk to you all very soon. See you next week.